0: Welcome to Beyond the Pew. Welcome, welcome. We're back. Back at it again. Good morning, good afternoon, or yep, good evening, yep, depending people, on which time of the day you're listening all, to. All
1: around the world. All people around the world. Hawaii, Alaska.
0: <laughs> and uh, normally,
1: on a given you know, weekly basis for Beyond the Pew, it is uh, Pastor Eric Gill, yep. as always, myself. But we have a special guest today. The one and only. The one, the The only. myth, the legend. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend, <laughs> Pastor Reverend... Bishop, may we say.
0: May we say that? Yeah.
1: Uh, Butch Persley. He is with Dearly us. Dearly known is with as Delmar. Um I I didn't say that. I did not say that.
0: Uh, I may not be back next right. week. <laughs> you're pushing it, <laughs> there. Yeah. See, here's the nice thing,
1: right now we're not videoing, we're audioing. Yep. And I wish people could have saw Butcher's face when, when you said when you said Listen, that.
0: you you yeah, you don't need you just imagine it and that's add that add 10 level to that. That's yes. no problem.
2: That's my real that's name.
0: That's
1: fantastic. <laughs> there's there's no problems here. Beyond the pew yeah. has been in a series Pastor Eric, Pastor Mm. Butch, and we have been looking at not—I wouldn't call controversial passages. I would say passages that sometimes we can have difficulty interpreting, or subject matters that there are varying opinions on in within Christian circles, evangelical circles. And so uh, we've covered a couple different. I want to start off by just saying, um, if you have questions from some of the questions that we've been addressing. We will cover those, but we're going to do that towards the end of our time in this kind of series. At, at the end of all um, yes. the things we're
0: covering, we're just going to dedicate a full episode.
1: Yes, because we have received some follow-up questions to the previous sessions, yeah. and we've got them. We're looking at those, and we will be hitting some of those towards the end of this series, as opposed to trying every week to revisit the previous yeah. week. So, And the ways get-
0: that you can do that is by texting to 330 331 uh, six four five three. Excellent. Or you can just email Bruce or, my, or me yes, if you, you know can. our emails.
1: But uh, text probably the best way. Yeah, text is the best way. So uh, we'll get right into it today, though. Um, and we are talking about, and I think we we previewed this a little bit. I we thought did. we did last week. About capital really punishment, hit, we
0: didn't really hit on it, but not you know, a lot, I would follow up from what we discussed last week, yes. which was and so, under the authority of the government. Yes,
1: the government authority over us, yeah. and we will talk about capital punishment today. Um, is it biblical? Should Christians support capital punishment? Is it something that we should just be vehemently opposed to? Excited. Um, and to summarize, there's really two viewpoints: those that are pro this, they they would be supportive of capital punishment; those that would say absolutely not. No Christian should support capital punishment, the Bible forbids it, or the Bible expressly, um, you know, not, I wouldn't even say commands it, but justifies it or allows it. And so these are things that we want to talk it's about permitted. today. It's yes. permitted. There are
0: examples in the Bible where it happens. Yes. And therefore it's permitted.
1: Yes. And so, with a hard hitting topic, we thought we'd bring in a hard
0: hitter. hitter. And our, we four, brought in, our four hitter in the lineup. <laughs> our cleanup batter. Yeah, yeah yes. averaging what? What are you averaging, Butch? Yes.
2: <laughs> I'll yes. let him answer that. <laughs> so, Pastor Butch is here. So, Pastor
1: Butch, we want to start off by just simply asking. Um, Where are you on this issue? Where are you on the issue of capital punishment? What is your biblical support for your viewpoint? Let us know, and anything else you want to share as we open up this for this discussion.
2: I really don't think there should be any question about it.
0: <laughs> so, so I think there is only
2: one view okay. that is consistent with the scriptures, okay, and, and that is okay. in support of capital punishment. Okay. All right, thank you for tuning okay. in, guys. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> we'll see you we'll next, week. next week. We'll be back next week. on the View, 330-331-6453. Okay. So, Pastor, oh, you, yeah, so? you
1: feel strongly that this is a, a biblical viewpoint that you would be supportive of?
2: Absolutely. Sh- share with Question. Yep. All right. All right. Capital punishment was initiated underneath the Noah Covenant after the flood in Genesis nine six. This is what the Word of God says.
0: Now, Pastor Butch, the Word of God.
2: The Word of God. This isn't my opinion. This isn't my thoughts. This is precisely what the Word of God says. Whoever sheds the blood of man. By man shall his blood be shed. And then it gives us the reason for that. For God made man in his own image. This is not a part of the Old Testament law. This is a statement from God that says if someone murders someone else, their life should be surrendered for doing that. Now, someone will say, well, what about the New Testament? What's the New Testament saying? <laughs> Well, once again, it's pretty clear. In Romans chapter 13, the New Testament teaches that human government is ordained by God and that government has the right to execute people. Romans chapter 13, Paul says very clearly, the government does not bear the sword in vain. They have the right for capital punishment. So I don't see why there should be any debate on it.
0: Okay. Well, let me let me ask you this because you brought up uh, Genesis, but all but if you look at Exodus, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy nailed it. How, how you, you say it, Deuteronomy. Please. Yeah. There you go. First try. You got it. We knew each um, You have examples where it will say like Exodus twenty-one twelve. You have the one on murder. Whoever strikes a man so that he dies shall be put to death. But then it goes. It keeps going. Whoever steals a man and sells him, and anyone found in possession of him shall be put to death. So now you have kidnapkin. kidnapping. Kidnapping nailed it bestiality whoever lies with an animal shall be put to death. adultery if a man commits adultery with the wife of his neighbor both the adultery and the adulteress shall surely be put to death then you have homosexuality if a man lies with a male as with a woman both of them have committed an abomination they shall surely be put to death their blood is upon them then you have false prophets, you have prostitution and rape, sodomy, witchcraft, breaking the Sabbath, blasphemy, sacrificing to the false gods, oppressing <laughs> the weak. Like <laughs> yes. everybody's yes. getting capital punishment in the Old Testament. so, how do you separate all of those instructions, those clear like instructions from God saying to His people, if you commit
2: this crime, you're going to be put to death? The nation of Israel was a theocracy. God rules. Now, he ruled through the, the, the prophets, he ruled through the kings, but ultimately Israel was a theocracy. And underneath a theocracy, it's a total different ballgame. It's not like a government today. There's no government on the earth that is a theocracy. So in a theocracy, since God rules, he can set the rules wherever he wants to set those rules. We are not a theocracy today, so I would definitely be opposed for the death penalty being required on a lot of the offenses that you, you delineated there that come from the law. But under a theocracy with God ruling, God set the rules, and God's rules are going to be righteousness, and therefore, because of that, he could set that capital punishment would be the punishment for doing those things. So I think you're comparing apples and oranges there. You're not comparing the same thing. Go back to Genesis. Why did God say that a person should be put to death? He gave us the reason. The reason there is because man is created in the image of God. So when someone murders someone they are making an attack on the very image of God that has been stamped onto man. Which so Which remains true thing.
1: to this day. Your argument is that's,
2: that has not changed. That is, there is nothing that has changed yes. that in Leviticus, the Scripture. That
0: was not under a the theocracy. Yes. So that in was Exodus, not Leviticus. The, yeah. It wasn't yeah. for
1: the point of these are my chosen people who are to be separate from the world, who are under my rule. This was a general, natural truth right that yeah. they're created in the image of God so therefore they have value and that's timeless
2: yeah at the time that is given in Genesis 9 there is no nation of Israel well, Israel know. doesn't come apart or doesn't come into existence until Abraham yeah. this is not a part of the Mosaic law it's part of the Noah covenant
0: so when you look at you know obviously Cain was not part of the Noah covenant but you look at Cain who killed somebody you look at Moses who killed somebody? You look at David who killed somebody, and yet grace was given to them. They were not killed. Like, how will you deal with that? Like, how will you answer to that question?
2: Okay, so Cain was worried about the fact that since he had murdered his brother, that people would come after him. God chose to show grace to Cain and that he did not allow him to be put to death.
1: But it would have been justified.
2: It would have been justified. It would have been justified. It would have been justified because he made an attack Mm -hmm. on another person. Not only another person, it was his brother. He was in the image of (laughs) God. So God put a mark on him to say, hey, Cain is off limits. You're not to put him to death. Was that the mark of the beast? It was not the mark (laughs) of the
1: beast. (laughs) So let me interject another common objection. As we talk about capital punishment and folks that would be opposed to it and and, and I'll just say, with this issue, like many other issues we've talked about, there are strong Christians, believers, that are on opposing sides of this.
2: Absolutely. And they yeah. are
1: using as their foundation, authentically yeah. and, and genuinely a biblical basis that they're seeking argument for why they come to the conclusions they come to.
2: Yeah, I hear all kinds of arguments that are based on their biblical verses and that that are taking them out of their context or taking them to something (laughs) that does not apply to the issue. Good thing, the the room is not hot. Indeed,
1: (laughs) (laughs) indeed. Uh, So one of the arguments that's made, and this is a prevalent (laughs) argument, and this is an argument that believers are, are probably well familiar with the words of Jesus when Jesus said... You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, love your enemies, do good to those that would hate you, pray for those that would despitefully use you, mm. do good and not evil to them. And so the argument that I've heard made, those that are opposing capital punishment, and it's not, it's, it's in this, the statement is that Christians should not be supportive of capital punishment Because God is calling on the believer not to repay evil for evil, but good. And so how how would you respond to a Christian that makes that argument, hey, no Christian should be supportive of capital punishment for that reason?
2: I I would say that let's, let's take it for what it is intended. These are rules that are to govern our conduct as individuals. They are not rules for a nation that a nation is supposed to follow. Uh, we've, we go into Romans where the Apostle Paul says the government doesn't bear the sword in vain. The government is to, acting underneath God's design, is to be that which holds back evil. And so in this case, like on the Sermon on the Mount, we would have the the illustration of there, not to an eye for an eye, not a tooth for a tooth. And that's true for you and I. And even, God forbid, that one of our family members would be murdered. But if that happened, it would not be on us to execute the judgment. Now, in the Old Testament, even underneath the, the law, you had the cities of refuge where someone had killed someone, and maybe it was an accidental killing of the, under in, the individual. They had a place that they could run to and be safe until a trial could be held and things could be worked out. And as long as they stayed within that city of refuge, the family was not allowed to take out justice upon them so it's not given to us to do this individually
1: so there is a distinction here that has to be talked about there's a difference between saying as a believer there's biblical support for capital punishment um, because of the you know, the value and worth of every human life in the image of God but that that exercising of punishment is carried out by the governing authority that is over you so as opposed to Christians exercising vengeance themselves for these things,
0: so so what? What about in the scenario that the government is an evil government and that they are uh, uh, applying capital punishment? Like you could look at history, you get the example of, of uh, Hitler. You know, in a sense, he was applying capital punishment because of this people group's, you know, sin or or, or behavior issues. Like so, as a Christian, you look at
2: that. Like, what should be their response to that? Okay, well, I would say it's kind of twofold. Number one, don't assume that the Roman government... That was in power when Paul wrote what he did in Romans was this godly group sure. of individuals. Which listened to it, last episode. They were putting yeah, we talked Christians, about that last episode. Oh, I, <laughs> I didn't listen to last yeah. episode. Yep. The only reason I haven't listened to them, guys, I can't find them anywhere. It's, you know, Maybe you give us some directions on where to find this at. I've even gone into my, my iPhone. I've gone into the Apple store or whatever it is that has all the podcasts. I've typed it in. I can't find you anywhere. It's, it's I've gone to the church. B- website? Beyond I can't find you anywhere. Where, where is it? Where do you get uh, get hooked up on uh, this thing? But so maybe for, the, for, maybe so for the three of you out design. there that are listening to this, maybe you could send me an email and tell me how I can get on. Because I've asked these guys. They must be saying things they don't want me to hear because they won't tell me how to get on. Well, just a shameless plug. It's on Spotify. Yeah. Uh, it's
1: on uh, Apple, Apple, Podcasts, Apple Podcasts
2: and YouTube. Not iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Yes, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Spotify. YouTube, yeah. Well, so, you know, are the, you guys are the know avenues. How, <laughs> you, you guys know how great I am with technology. Yes. <laughs> Maybe you guys could help me after this is over. Absolutely. And say, Bunch, <laughs> we found it on your phone, yeah. so you'll be able to, to get go. there again. Here you go. We save right. every single Thank episode. Yeah. Yeah. which All is right. not going to know our closing
0: question. <laughs> no, he will not. <laughs> but neither <near laughs> is Steve, yeah. and he's supposed to listen. And he's supposed
1: to listen every week. Yeah.
0: Um, so, <laughs> But that, to that, yes. so, so one was that, uh, you know, the evil evil government. What was the other thing you were going Okay, well,
2: the, the evil government, you can't base it just on the, the government itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because Paul was definitely, most believe Nero was on the ro- throne when Paul was writing this, and he was putting Christians to death. Mm-hmm. Now, it was, left. yes. Now, it was a violation of what God designed government for, because government is to be a terror to those who do evil, not to those who do good. So any government that is a terror to those that are doing good is a government that we should oppose. It's a government that we should speak out on those issues. So I would say, for instance, even a government today that was instituting uh, the death penalty for everything we find in the mosaic law. Sure. That would be something we should be we should speak out against because we are not a theocracy. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, the great thing in a theocracy is when God is ruling, you know that justice is going to be perfectly sure. Done. There's
0: no hesitation.
2: Correct. Right.
1: And and I think that's that again goes back to the heart of the debate somewhat is the distinguishing, you know, characteristic of a theocracy versus you know, a, a um, civil government that is in rule or if you have a monarchy where you have a human king that was ruling over people, you're going to have flawed responses anytime you insert human authority as opposed to God's authority, right? right.
2: And That's- those who think that maybe some of the rules are, are too harsh or something need to ask themselves the question, what's it going to be like when Christ rules and reigns on the earth? Sure. What's it mean that he's going to rule with a rod of iron? You know, what what does that mean? You know, everything's not going to be like a Sunday school picnic when yeah. when Christ is ruling and there's perfect justice yeah. uh taking place on the earth.
0: Now, here's another uh that's yeah is he happening now. Um, we're not going to get in that. But uh some believe it is. Some believe it is. Maybe that will be another episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll bring absolutely. you back for that one. <laughs> what is the kingdom? Yes, yeah, that's but we uh, need more time. For I that. I we, need, we need more time
1: for that one. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. we need a whole we need a, a full series. Yes. Uh but okay, so here's another argument in light of like Jesus. You you mentioned Jesus. You're looking at Jesus down the road, you know, most people believe that. But list jesus as he was living his life prior to dying on the cross and even okay dying so it's a cross. different jesus well well, well well he's he's you said that he's gonna have an iron fish but did he had an iron fish when he was on the journey to the cross we'll get to that but here's a question we say romans 6 23 for the wages of sin is death sin is death right but the free gift of god is eternal life and then you look at that free gift which is jesus how he came to life he came he lived uh, he was, you know, on the journey to the cross, he was abused. He was spit on. Um, and even people, as people were beating, beating him up, he was like, no, nah, I'm not going to do anything. Like, what was the word that he said? Well, he said, father, forgive them. Right? Yeah. I mean, he he doesn't know they, don't, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And then he died on the cross and he was humble and, and, and submissive all the way to the point of death. Right. And then, you know, all of that so that us, the sinners can receive the free gift of salvation. Hebrew talks about how how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And you look at that and you say, hey, if Jesus did that, if he exemplified that, then why is it our role now to continue to uh, judge and continue to wish uh, punishment uh, on those that are still sinning? Because Christ died for them. He forgave them. He demonstrated his love on the cross for them. Why shouldn't we? Do that. Why should we support something that
2: could prevent them even from hearing that gospel of Jesus? Listen, you know. On the one hand, my prayer would be that everyone who violates uh, God's design by taking the life of another individual, my prayer would be that they would come to know Christ, mm-hmm. that they would put their faith and trust in. So this isn't out of a vengeance. You know, vengeance belongs to God. Mm-hmm. That is God's choice. Your arguments with God. You know, ask God why he said they should be put to death because they're in his image. Your arguments not, <laughs> not with not me. me. I, don't I love you. <laughs> you. <laughs> okay. So I would just (laughs) uh, I'm I'm (laughs) good with God. I I I, you know, Jesus didn't have to go to the cross. Mm. He could have called ten thousand legions of angels to come. He chose to go there as a sacrifice. That's not inconsistent with the with the view of capital punishment. Mm. Why did Christ have to go to the cross? So that there could be a meeting of grace and justice that both could be satisfied on the cross.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that question that flows from that too, similar to what Eric was asking, and you've heard this argument before, I'm sure, of, of people who are saying, hey, listen, if this is an individual that is lost and they're committing a heinous act of crime, of sin, they need Christ, so why would any believer who cares for their eternal destiny want to rush that judgment by wanting their life on this life to end so they're standing in judgment before God shouldn't we want there to be an extension as long as possible that they could hear and believe and be saved but in supporting capital punishment even at the hands of the government if Christians are proactively supportive of that or endorsing that it could come across as yeah we don't really care about that individual
2: well to me if you take that argument to its logical end why would you lock them up in jail for the rest of their life limit their opportunities to hear the gospel why don't you just say okay we're sorry that you murdered someone come to go church. on yeah, go out there Well, yes, yes. oh, you know t- this is right sure. in the news right now you just had a decision i think it was in new york state where the guy took his car ran over and killed i forget how many different people and the jury just voted not to give him capital punishment, even though the government sought capital punishment for him because there happened to be, as, as I've heard the news report, there was one member of the jury who just couldn't bring themselves to say that capital punishment should happen. So, therefore, he was given a, a sentence of life in prison.
1: But Why you, not just set him free and let him run you, over some more people? If you were the chairman of that jury, how would that have gone?
2: I'm just kidding. Actually, I was the chairman, or I was Ooh, the twists. foreman of yeah. a jury on a murder case. You may find that in in on Netflix. <laughs> just kidding.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And,
2: you know, we ended up as a jury, and I was the foreman of this, that the decision was we recommended life in prison, instead of capital punishment for him now i was in the minority on that decision but because it had to be a unanimous decision by the jury i had to go along with it because there was no way that everyone in that room was going to agree to capital punishment And I listened to their arguments, we talked about it, I talked about my viewpoint, but at the end of the day, it, we could have been in that room for two years, and it wasn't going to change the fact that there were those who were only going to to support a life in prison.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a good maybe segue to say, this is an issue that Christians have talked over and yeah. debated for yeah. many, many years. And yeah. people were very um, firm in their beliefs about... What should the Christian response be to capital punishment in support of or opposition to? I think everyone would agree, and anybody who's a believer that would hold a a pro-life stance as far as relates to the abortion or pro-life, would hold a stance of the value in the worth of every human life, and that there is value there, and that there is significance there. But yet there are very strong opinions. Right,
2: and see, that's one of the ways that those of us who are pro-life— Yep are criticized by some of our opponents. They say, how can you be pro-life and in favor of the death penalty? Sure. The reason we can do so is because of the command of God and the reason that is given for that command and that's why we are consistent in our viewpoint that capital punishment comes into place because you've destroyed one in the image of God. That is why we are so opposed to abortion at any stage yeah. of development because every individual is created in the yeah. image of God.
1: And therefore
0: has value.
1: Yeah, in, has value in the sight of God and, and should in the sight of man. And, and exactly.
0: And I think Ezekiel has a good like insight of the heart of God when it comes to this issue. It says in Ezekiel 33, 11, say to them, says God as to Ezekiel, as I leave, declares the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live turn back turn back from your evil ways for why will you die o house of Israel so in the context they're dealing with some rebellion and some uh Israel was not listening to the commands that they were choosing to rebel against God and yet even in that rebellion like as God is delivering justice he's sharing with them hey Look, like, I take no pleasure in bringing, in bringing wrath because my his desire is that they will turn away from their wickedness. Same thing with what we see with those that are dealing with this topic. It's like, even though justice will arrive, you know, it will be God's desire that everyone will come to know him. You know, the well, fact the that Jesus— of, f-
1: the point of punishment is to persuade the evildoer not to do From it again. From exactly. So that's, the, it. that's the very point of the existence yeah. of government is— as a terror to the evildoer, right, and as an encourager to the one that does good, and and so that's God's heart, right? yeah, for sure. So, yeah. um, this is good. I mean, any yeah. other
2: thoughts, Pastor Butch, as, well, as about you want to share? Probably one other passage that's used yep. by those who are in opposition to capital punishment would be the story of the woman who was caught in adultery. Sure, where by the Jewish law she it required adultery was one of those things yeah. that people were to be put to death for and in john chapter 8 is uh that story is told you know at the end of the story jesus says to the woman woman where are your accusers mm-hmm. and at that point there were no accusers they had all left well by the law in order for any penalty to be carried out, it had to be at the mouth of two or three witnesses. There are no witnesses now. So Jesus can say to her, woman, where, where are your accusers? They're gone. They're gone. Yeah. Well, neither do I condemn you hmm. because it r- really That's seems that she was set up anyway. Sure. Neither do I condemn you. Now go. And sin no more. Hmm. I think you see there that picture of the law and grace brought together perfectly in the Lord Jesus
1: Christ. Which, according to the law, there would have been justification for her to be put to death. Right. Because the law would demand that. But there was a demonstration of grace on the part of Christ.
2: But see, Jesus saw right through their hypocrisy too, because if you remember in the exchange, they said they caught the woman. In the the very very act act of adultery. Where the man at. That's right. Where's the man at? And many believe it was either one of the Pharisees themselves or that they had hired someone to do this. And so that's why they didn't bring the guy with them. So they were violating the law themselves if they were caught in the very act. And, you know, just kind of think through. How often do you catch someone in the very (laughs) act of adultery? Yep.
1: Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. Um, I think this is helpful. I think that there may be questions people have coming out of listening to this, and so the same thing we've said with previous yeah. sessions, 330 331 text in if you have questions about what we're talking about, or if you have other insights or thoughts that you want to share, and we'll, we'll get to those later on. Um, but this is helpful. I think it's good as a foundation, again, to be reminded. Mm-hmm. We have room where we disagree as believers on various issues, but our, our disagreement should be based upon what does God's Word say, and not limited to what do i think yeah. right and so or what think, you feel or what we feel or yeah. what our experience tells us right yeah. we want to we want to depend upon the authority of scripture and so that's whatever, the only absolute absolutely so wherever you're landing in any of these situations that we're talking about the the passages that are difficult to understand or questions that have multiple viewpoints it is important to go back to what does the bible say as our foundation and if we start there we'll be informed in what we're saying is our ultimate conclusion and so this has been helpful thank you pastor bush for being thank here you, Pastor bush. Uh, we'll be back next week with another passage we'll we'll let you know next week we yeah. don't have a preview for it now this we're not time a preview. we also don't have a preview if we have another guest next week yeah but that's a possibility yeah, that as well maybe a
0: possibility so, but um pastor bush why don't you attempt to ask the question you guys, Pastor bush doesn't, he doesn't
1: listen he doesn't no, know he no, doesn't but he
0: might attempt if, it yeah. has to do with our name so our name is beyond the pew what do you think might be the question that we ask, we ask, people ask every single week when
1: we're to done to consider when we're done
2: It could be anything. I don't sure that I want to hazard a guess because I know the two of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you are no. anything. anything is on the table. <laughs> anything, anything is on well, the table. Well you will
0: be surprised that the question we ask yeah. every week is what does your life look like beyond the pew?
1: Yeah, what does your life look like beyond the pew? Which what we mean by that is outside of the church walls. Yeah. What does your life look like? We hope it honors Christ. We hope this is helpful in honoring Christ. And we hope
2: it's consistent with what you are while you're in the pew. Indeed. Consistency in the pew and outside the pew. For the glory of God. For the glory (laughs) of God. We'll (laughs) be back next week. That might be our new slogan. (laughs) We'll see you. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. See you guys.